0: This podcast is for mature audiences only. Hi, my name is Claudia McMichael, and I wrote and lived The Other Me. I had just finished my epilogue and was feeling really good about how I had polished off the ending. Of course, I realized I had one more hurdle I would have to face before I could begin the publishing process. My brother James knew I was writing the book about extrasensory perception, and he had even given me examples I could use in his chapter about the visions. Still, he hadn't read the book, and more specifically, he hadn't read the chapter on family dynamics. I wondered if all of the information I had included in the manuscript might be too much for him, you know, to absorb about our mother. I planned a trip to visit James and Melinda in a few days, as I would also be attending the funeral of my friend Melinda's sister. I thought this would be a good time to share the other me with my brother. I thought about what his response might be. I knew he would be surprised to see how many times his name was mentioned in my book. He played such an important part in my life, but seeing it in writing uh, would probably be embarrassing admit i was nervous because his reaction could either be positive or he could totally hate it after the funeral i drove back to their home i wondered if he had begun reading my manuscript melinda was in the living room and james was in the shower we were discussing where we would eat dinner when james came and joined us he sat down on the couch across from me at first he doesn't say anything I could tell he was obviously taking time to compose what he was about to tell me. I knew by the look on his face it wasn't going to be good. My heart began to race. Oddly, he didn't seem mad or disgusted, just very sad. Finally, he looked towards the ceiling and said, I started reading your book. Then his voice catches on the next words. You might need to add one more chapter to your book. By this time, the suspense was making me very nervous. I couldn't imagine what he could possibly know that I didn't. I had been totally transparent for the first time in my life about having ESP and all of the abuse. He said he agreed with what he had read, but I didn't have the whole story and I needed to hear it. I felt he was struggling to find the right words that could very well change my world. My dear, sweet little brother, whom I loved with all my heart, devastated me when he said, Claudia, the abuse didn't stop with you. Of all the things my brother could have shared with me, this life-altering sentence was one I could have never imagined He went on to say that he always knew, I believed, the cruelty had ended with Sylvia's surgery when he was born. Although my physical abuse did stop, undoubtedly mom's rage didn't. The madness transformed itself into a form of mental abuse that was equally or worse than anything I had had to bear. Like most children, myself included, the age three is about the time memories are formed. It was the same for James. He spoke about how he dreaded when mom dropped me off at school because he knew what would probably happen when he got home. He said Sylvia would go into the bathroom, leaving the door slightly ajar. He would sit his little body down beside the door and then watch her manic actions, wailing so loud he thought she was dying. When he described the ear-piercing sound she made, it triggered a memory I had long ago repressed. I told James I vividly remembered that sound because it reminded me of the sound of a wounded animal. I remembered her beating the other side of the door with her fist and making a high-pitched keening sound. The memory I most remember, however, and the one which terrorized me the most, was the smell of burnt matches. I witnessed my mother ruffling the hairs on her arms and sizzling the hair off with lit matches. Sometimes she would hold the match too long and burn herself. One time before she died, she asked me to bring her some matches. Now in her 80s and close to death, I watched as she once again ruffled the hair on her arm and sizzled the hair. I couldn't believe what she was doing. I pleaded with her to stop before she burnt herself, but she just laughed. The same pungent odor I had smelled all those years ago returned. I don't know if my mother ever self-harmed herself, but she certainly harmed the little boy who peeked through the slit in the bathroom door. My dad uh, boarded our horses at a stable in town. On occasion... He would take James with him to help him feed and groom the horses. He told James if he needed to urinate, he could just go into the stall and no one would see Thinking it was all right to pee in the stable, it would be all right also to do it in the backyard. He hid behind a bush where he thought he couldn't be seen. All of a sudden, he heard the screen door slam and saw Sylvia headed for him. She began spanking him with a force just like she used to do to me. Finally, she stopped and said it was as though, James said it was as though she had been in a trance and finally realized what she was doing. Sylvia told James she was very sorry but she was having a nervous breakdown. I don't know how she expected a young child to know what a breakdown was. But she promised she would go to the doctor and get better. She made good her promise and once again confessed to her doctor she was harming her child. He told her he wanted her to start cussing when she felt she was losing control. In all my studies into abuse, I can never remember any professor giving that advice to the students for future clients. I guess releasing that bottle of anxiety helped, but what a shock it was the first time I heard my Southern Baptist mother use a swear word. Along with the cursing, he also gave her a prescription for nerve pills. James said after the pills took effect, she got better immediately. He still got spankings when he deserved them, but the brutality was gone. At the end of her life, Sylvia was taking numerous amounts of medication, She always had a list of pills and when she was supposed to take them. I questioned what each pill was for, but never once did I see a pill for nerves. I asked Melinda if she knew Mom took a tranquilizer, and she told me she and James both knew. I think this was her way of hiding the nervous breakdown from me and the reason she had to go to the doctor to get them. If I had known what she was doing to my little brother... I would have fought for him. Knowing that I didn't protect him broke my heart. I felt like that part of my life had been a lie. I had to come to terms with my own abuse long ago, but now I had to miserably accept that I had let him down. At 73 years of age, I doubt I will ever be able to reconcile this truth. James asked me if I would now have to rewrite my book, but I told him no that with his permission, this would be uh, the final confession. After James and Melinda went upstairs for the night, I settled in on the couch in the den and began to write this final uh, chapter. Sometimes I would have to stop because the tears were literally blurring the page. I wrote into the night and finally stopped at 3.30 the next morning. I was mentally and physically exhausted. Readers have often asked how James and I could love a mother with as many problems as she had. I can only speak for myself and say it wasn't what she was but who she became that we love so much. My friend Belinda asked me how abuse tied in with ESP. She hadn't read the manuscript yet and had little knowledge of all that had happened to me. And listening to people who share their stories, I can tell you the biggest fear people with ESP have is being found out. I recently had an informative conversation with an appliance repairman. He had to make four house calls before he could find all the parts he needed to repair my dishwasher. On the last visit, he asked me what I did all day to keep busy. I told him for the last eight months I had been writing a book on extrasensory perception. <gasps> Immediately he smiled and said, Me too, I also have ESP. In my country it is considered a blessing from God, but in America it's not so good. I learn not to tell people because they think bad thoughts of me. He inherited his ESP from his mother and was so proud that he too had visions that came true. He was so excited to be able to speak openly to me about his blessings without being ridiculed or being threatened think of all the women who were placed in mental facilities from being wrongly diagnosed i often think of the professor who opened the eyes to psychology students and taught them that having forms of esp is not a mental health problem but a gift one is born with if you are one of the lucky people to have been born with esp just remember to be proud and always use his talent wisely. Join me next week when I explain to my grandsons what ESP means to me. The Other Me and The ignorant Widow can be purchased on Amazon or downloaded on Kindle.